Let's um, a little snafu. One of the blessings of being a meeting, Paul. We're going to get to you. All right. I know you're not worried, but we're going to get to you. Paul is going to bring the word today. Man, she gave such a great word last time you were here. I remember you telling the story of walking down the street and meeting that dog, and you, that fear came into you, and then all of a sudden this faith came in, and you said to the dog, this is my neighborhood. I mean, that was, that's an awesome story. I've never forgotten that. It's my neighborhood. And, uh, and then the dog bit her face off. But, no, I'm kidding. That dog turned around and decided to go home. Um, so... One of the benefits of meeting in a school like this, I'm just so thankful for the facility God gave to us so we can continue to grow and do great things. But one of the things is our overhead is so small because we're renting rather than paying a huge mortgage and insurance and all that, that we're able to give thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to people in need all over the world. One of the downsides is things like when we get an email this week saying you can't use the parking lot for the next two Sundays. Okay, I was waiting for the gas. Let's get over it. And now we decide, well, that's no big deal. We can handle that. So all you have to do is park up on the side street on, on Devil Way, I think it's called. It's Sun Devil Way. Just every place is the sole of your foot will tread. God gives it to us. So let's just go trample on Sun Devil Way next Sunday. All right. So for those of you that enjoy being late to church, come just a little bit earlier so that you can still be late, but not like extra late. All right. So next Sunday and the following Sunday, when you're coming down Carmel Mountain Road and you come to the light and then there's a school, take a right and you go instead of going down the back way into the parking lot, you park. There's, I've, I come here when I meet with the school principal and different people and during the school days, I see cars lined all the way up and down those street, that street. So other people can do it. And so park along the street right up there on both sides and then just walk down the sidewalk to the front and around and then you'll figure it out. But um, let's all just. Get here a little earlier over the next two Sundays so that we can actually be here on time. Does that make sense? Amen. Okay. And uh, keep Scott Freeman in your prayers. He's a missionary. You know that uh, 30, you know that testimony I shared last week about his baby that he found at the bottom of the pool and the baby was dead. And an intercessor was given a dream by God that a baby was dead at the bottom of a pool. And he dove in and got it and gave it mouth to mouth. And it was Jesus giving mouth to mouth. You remember that whole story? And his baby was literally risen from the dead. He's the missionary family we sent from here to Costa Rica. Um, he has, uh, how do you pronounce it? Dengue fever. Dengue fever, which is nasty, bad stuff. But Jesus is gooder than dengue fever is bad. Keep him in your prayers so that he raises up. And again, what Satan means for evil, God will turn to good. They're down there. Um, okay, let's just go ahead and do it. I know what you're thinking. Father, in the name of Jesus. We take authority over dengue fever and our friend and our missionary, uh, Scott Freeman, who has gone down there to rescue kids from the sex trade, from risk uh, lives of of um, lives at risk, living on the streets, drug addiction and all the nasty stuff that he has and his wife, Leslie, have decided to raise their boys down in that culture to save other children. And so we just flat out rebuke dengue fever from our friend Scott Freeman. He is a son of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ, and we disallow this sickness that has come into his body, and we rebuke you right now in this moment. We bind it in Jesus' name, and we command it to leave his body. Father, we pray now, heaven on earth for Scott. Raise him up today, God, in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody in agreement says amen. Amen. Shelly, did you want to um, say a couple of things? Yes. I want to say. First, can we thank our women's pastor for putting together a tremendous retreat? Thank you, Shelly. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, see what see what see what that feels like. It does. It's a little uncomfortable, isn't it? <laughs> no, actually, you liked it. Well, I, I liked it too, but I wanted to say I was uncomfortable because then you sound humble. Happy birthday to you. Sorry. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Shelley. Happy birthday to you. 
By the way, if you wonder why we would howl like dogs in church, it's not because we're a charismatic (laughs) church. It's because their dog, Petey, does that when they sing happy birthday. So that's what that was about. And when you get, when it turns your birthday, we will phone you and he will sing to you. I really promise that. God is our victory. He really is. And from the bottom of our hearts, we want to thank the intercessors. When Paula and I got there, right away we said, We've been prayed through. There is no resistance. There was no getting started. It was, you guys just plowed the way. We even had pictures of God's breath on us and going into God's airstream. And it was that easy. Bethany came with Paula. Bethany is Heather's sister. And we thank you so much. Heather and Bethany led us in an incredible time. Incredible time. And the work that goes into setting up a PA system and everything, I always want us to bless, bless all the time. But each of you women are gold, are gold. And we saw that God drew a bit more of that out. And then we also got pictures and words for the women that weren't able to be with us. So we're going to be grabbing you and, and blessing you. But I really wanted to say, John, we're... That happened this weekend because of your support Mm. and the intercessors. There is no woman here that is not prayed for solidly, consistently with faith. And now I want you guys to know we pray for you. And we especially have targeted out Rick Higgins' men's group on Thursday night. We are fiercely over that. So um, we bless you. We bless you. Oh, yeah. Amen. Thank, Thank you, you Shelley. Thank you. Uh, let me say one more announcement. Um, uh, get in to know the gathering place. If you'd like to know more about our church, want to uh, see if this is a place you want to uh, plant your feet, raise your family. On um, the 21st, a couple of Sundays from now, we have a get in to know the gathering place um, that will be uh, hosted uh, by Jeff and Maura Forsman, just right around the corner from the church. I'll be there. We we'll dinner together. So if nothing else, you get a free meal. And I just want to say that, Paula, uh, we are giving you less time than I've ever been given. And so I apologize for that. But let's welcome Paula Fredrickson as she brings the word. No, you've got you've got plenty of time. You just relax and bring it. All right. Bless you, Paula. I will. I, I hate when people um, get up to speak and they tease you like, you're going to be here till three. It's like one of my pet peeves, so I'm not doing that. You're going to be in, you're going to be out, okay? We're going to cover this in like 30 minutes. Turn the microphone on. It needs to come up. Let me make sure it's on. I cannot get it back on there. So. Okay. <laughs> There's something wrong. Do you want me to mention your book? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want to. Paula has brought in some books she wrote, and many of our women have already bought it. In preparation for this retreat, the Lord actually gave her an entire book called Season of Breakthroughs. How Paula, how God led her not only into a breakthrough, but the maintaining and the walking out. So, bless you. And we've also ran out of one of Paula's books, and so we're going to send out on email how to get that yeah, that's through a, Amazon. It's a marriage book, right? The man you always wanted is the one you already have, which I learned the hard way, but I do know now. <laughs> I know, husbands always like that title. The man you always wanted is the one you already have. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm, you know, this weekend with the ladies, I shared, um, as Shell said, the seminar, A Season of Breakthrough. And it's, I, I was sharing the four strategies to walk in sustained freedom. So how to step into your breakthrough and then how to keep, you know, keep it sustained and go on to more breakthroughs, right? And to help other people get their breakthroughs. Because what happens a lot of times is you get your breakthrough or your friend gets their breakthrough and then... And then it kind of goes to your fingers. Not always, but sometimes. Has anybody ever had that happen? You've had a healing or you've had God has worked in your marriage or your finances or whatever. And then you think, where did it go? What happened? 
And so um, I have learned through the years, you know, how to sustain the things that God has given me. And this time, this little trial I went through, I really learned it. God taught me such valuable lessons. So I'm just going to recap my, my trial really quick. And what it was is um, four years ago, I woke up with a migraine headache. I had never had a migraine headache in my life. I'm not even prone to regular headaches. But I woke up with a, with a 10, you know, off the charts, go to the, to the ER kind of migraine headache. And I had that migraine headache in one form or another for three years. It never went away. It, um, it would, you know, spike and decline, but it never went away. Um, until God brought a breakthrough. <laughs> okay, so, and also um, during that time, after about uh, six months, and of course, you know, I mean, I saw every neurologist. I did everything you can think of to get over it, every holistic way, every organic way, every scriptures taped all over the house. And actually, all those things are so valuable and so good and really did help on my journey but um, I also saw a neurologist, and I tried all these, like, mind-altering drugs that they give you to try and, like, anti-seizure medication and all these different things to try and... Basically, he was just trying to bring a break to the cycle. And, uh, and about six months into it, uh, he realized that, you know, there wasn't... A break wasn't coming immediately, and he began to prescribe me pain medication, which um, initially was, like... I could hear the angels singing the first time I took it. I mean, it was like, I'm out of pain, and I feel really good, right? It was like, gosh, this I had never really had pain medication in my life. I, I'm the kind of person that you couldn't have found a Tylenol in my house like four years ago. I just didn't have any need for any anything really. And, um, and so it took about a year to get really seriously addicted to pain medication, and, um, you know, I was not only addicted to pain medication, I was addicted to getting out of pain, you know. And, um, and so we really talked a lot this weekend just about that, about those, those things that grab on in your life and, and get a hold of you. And, you know, the, the short story is uh, I was ordained about a year ago, and on the morning of my ordination, um, I had stopped the painkillers. It's in my book, the story, it's obviously way too long to tell now, but the Lord had had me stop the painkillers about a month um, or maybe two months before he healed me. And um, he told me, I'm going to heal you, but um, I need to take away your payoff for having a headache, right? I don't know if anyone is, I mean, like, obviously some of you are familiar with what I'm saying. You don't need to nod or raise your hand or wave a hanky or anything, but right, if you have a payoff, sometimes it's hard to get healed. And this isn't for everyone. It was just for me and maybe a few others. Some people are taking pain medications and you need to be on it. God's all over it. You are good to go. Don't be condemned. But for me, it was hard for me to get healed while on pain medication because there was a payoff for being in pain. So to the point where I'd have a dramatic spike in the headaches, and um, which would mean six weeks. The spike would go on for at a minimum of six weeks. Like can't watch TV, can't look at the computer, can't read. It was really a, a gnarly disease or whatever I had. I don't know, affliction, the enemy brought it, however it came about. But I would, I would get that spike and I would actually have a thrill in my stomach because I would know, oh, I'm going to get to take a lot of Vicodin. It's really hard to get healed if you're addicted to painkillers. It's so crazy because it's like a, it's a catch-22. You're in horrible pain I was a classic example of someone who needed and had every right to take painkillers. My pain level was intolerable. And yet the Lord said, I'm going to ask an unreasonable sacrifice. I'm going to ask you to lay down the one thing that is making you feel better. The one thing that is treating your pain. I'm, I'm actually going to ask for that. And um, I had tried before to lay it down unsuccessfully. And I had gone back into the loop. That There's a saying that says, um, one, um, what is it? One is too many and a thousand is never enough. And um, that's exactly how it was. I'd think I'd be off them for a few weeks and I'd be getting through it, white knuckling. And then I'd think if I could just have one, if I could just have four hours without pain, I, I, would, I would give anything for four hours without pain. And that would be right back into it. And then you build up a tolerance, so I would need more and more and more to get out of pain. And plus, there'd be all that other wicked addiction stuff going on where I'd want the pain so I could take it. And so in this cycle, the Lord said, 
I'm asking for you to give it to me. Thoroughly, completely. He backed it up with my pastor and some other people in my life who coincidentally, right at that same time, said, you know, I think God's asking for that. So I laid it down, and um, I just somehow, by the grace of God and a lot of prayer, and actually people you know, casting the devil of addiction out of me. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Like I had people fighting for me and that were not embarrassed to like lay hands. Addiction go in Jesus name. I mean, I was like, do anything, say anything, just help me get through this. And two months of sort of white knuckling it, grace of God. I somehow got through it. I resisted about a million times. I didn't go back. I didn't go back. I didn't go back. Okay. So now I, I, I wake up on the morning of my ordination. And um, the first thing I do is my usual self-assessment, like, how bad do I feel? And, um, you know, I I realize, yeah, I've got the headache over my left temple. It's uh, maybe a 7 or an 8 because stuff was happening, so that was the stressors was a a trigger, right? And I'm like, okay, you know, how bad is it going to be? And um, right then I heard God spoke, now uh, speak. Now, I've been waiting to hear God speak about this you know, for, for three years. And he had spoken a lot during that time. He had been like, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to heal you. It's going to be okay. He had spoken to me about destiny, which I'm going to get to in a minute. He had been so faithful, but this was that word I had been waiting for. And the word was, he said, no longer will every stress or activity have the power to give you a headache. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of probably would have rather been like here, like you're healed. Boom, bam, you know, it's done. But that's what he said. He is God. He gets to say what he wants. And so, man, I grabbed onto that. That was like, that's my word. I'm going to ride that pony to healing town. It's mine. Yeah. And so, so I, I got up and I remember looking in the mirror in my bathroom and I remember saying what I had said a thousand times before. I rebuke this pain in the name of Jesus, and this time, it lifted. Yeah! Thank you, God! It was so awesome. And, um, you know, I mean, that was the day that God brought my breakthrough, right? You know how there's those days and those times where you have your breakthrough? Like some women, they got breakthrough this weekend. And God brings a, a time and a season where he has planned everything and he brings your breakthrough. So that was my moment, my time. But it was just the beginning. It was the day I stepped into my breakthrough. Then I got to walk it out. Right? And, um, and I did. I mean, I walked it out. And in fact, I share with the ladies. I'm still like my one. The, I had so many symptoms with my body with this headache thing. And I had so, my, I had so wrecked my body with so much Vicodin. That um, God healed like my esophagus and there's so many things that God had to heal that I had really wrecked. And but the last one is an ulcer. And I told Bethany, I'm like this weekend, this weekend, this thing gets healed. And it was like it's like the last holdout. And so I walked it out. It began to walk out and I began to learn how how do I sustain my victory and, and how do I keep it? And then, oh, how do I give it to others? Because it's not enough. It is not enough for me to get my victory and be like, oh, I got mine. This is so great. Or even be like, okay, I got mine, but it's kind of like sort of an embarrassing story. I mean, I don't find it as embarrassing as I should, perhaps, but it's because I'm not an addictive personality. I've never had this happen. Narcotics are addicting. If you take them long enough, you will become physically and psychologically dependent. It's not like, oh, you know, there's something wrong with you. You have a deficit. Things are addicting. We get addicted to things. That's just life, right? And so I could have been like, okay, well, God, thank you for breaking that addiction, but I'm just going to hang on to that one. I don't need to share it. But I want, oh, I want to see others set free. Because when you're in the middle of that, and, and addiction can cross over into anything. It is so not just narcotics, right? There is a myriad of things from food to Facebook and everything in between, right? that you can get addicted to, that God will say, I've had God have me lay down TV shows when I was a younger Christian where he'd say, like, no more of that. And it was simply because I loved it too much. It, It was almost an addiction. And so whatever that is in there, a lot of times he's wanting to bring breakthrough. It's so funny. I did not plan to go this far down this road, but here we are. Um, but he wants to bring breakthrough. And a lot of times he's just asking us to lay down those things. It's not like, Paula, if you are good enough and if you walk the fine line of perfection, 
carefully enough, I will heal you. He heals you. He delivers you. He breaks bondage because he is good, not because you are good. (laughs) If it depended on your goodness, we would all be sick and afflicted. We are, no one is good enough, right? Not even a baby, right? Not even a one-year-old is good enough. It's just naughtiness is in our hearts. And it's God. He just loves us as we are. And he refines us and he molds us and he makes us and he, and he grows us up. But there is some things he'll require you to set down before you can go forward in your destiny. Before you can go forward in your breakthrough. And, so, and it's those things that as I'm talking, you know immediately what they are. You don't have to fish for it. If you're like, no, I, I can't think of anything, then that isn't you. Don't even worry about it. Enjoy that God is not asking that of you right now. But if as I'm talking, some stuff is coming up pretty darn quick, I hate to say it, but it's, that's probably it. It's probably it. The very thing you're like, oh, I hope it's not this. It probably is. <laughs> it's a little warning. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I have, I have been chiseled by that hammer. You know, I've been beaten to a pulp by it, and I'm, and I'm happy to have come out the other side. You know, he is good. And so as we were talking about the strategies this weekend, the last strategy that I wanted to share was about destiny awareness. Having an awareness of your destiny will actually cause you to sustain your breakthrough. And you know why? Because you've seen it and you will not be denied. And um, the Lord showed me a vision during worship and it was of this crack. I saw this big crack in the wall and light was coming through it. And he had said, I have cracked the wall for many of you. And even as a church, I felt like as a whole, he has cracked open some things that have withstood you guys and stood against you. And light has started to come through and penetrate. And I feel like a lot of you, I mean, you don't even have to put your, it's not like that. It's a crack. And a lot of you have begun to see it. What we are called to as a body, you are starting to get a a picture of it. And you, you absolutely will continue your breakthrough because you can't bear not to. Now that you've seen it, who could bear to stand, to walk the other way or to say, oh, I'm going to hang on to my pet addiction or my pet whatever it is. And so when you find yourself afflicted, destiny will raise her voice and cry out, this is not who I am. See, when I was on the couch in a drug haze, watching the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like, how long do you have to be to sit and watch that? For like seven or eight hours. I'm not talking like I passed it, felt convicted, and kept going. No, no, no. I needed an escape from my life. And as I lay there, just this pathetic little under-the-quilt crying, poor me, my whole life is over, there was something that was crying out and saying, this is not who you are. You're better than this member. Remember your future that you saw so clearly just a year ago or two years ago? And it's the enemy comes and he tries to fog it over. And, and you start to get convinced, oh, this is my new life. I'm, I'm a victim and a drug addict. I have a chronic illness. This is my new life. It feels like it, right? It feels like, gosh, I, I guess this is it. But, but it wasn't. It was a ploy. Destiny will cry out, this is not who I was meant to be. God has something better for me. This is not my lot in life. This isn't the hand I've been dealt. Being aware of your destiny will keep you on track when everything else is trying to pull you off. Right? It'll keep you living in the promise of your future when you're in the midst of affliction. And so one of the things that the Lord spoke to me during this time in my life as I was you know, heading into my breakthrough. I wasn't quite there, but I was, I had a picture of it now. And I had a picture. I remembered my destiny. I remembered what God had called me to do. And I was like, okay, then this can't be it. And one thing God said to me is you have squatters on your property. Yeah. And I really wasn't even familiar with what a squatter was, but I went to Wikipedia. So, (laughs) so now I know. They, uh, they come onto your property, but they have no rights to it. And they actually take up residence. And in some states, especially back in the day, not so much now, if, if they're allowed to stay long enough, they will actually gain rights to the property. Yeah, that was God. So 
this is my analogy. You own a lovely home in Florida. It's like your vacation home or whatever. Maybe you're going to retire there. It's beautiful. You have redecorated it. You have taken beautiful care of it. You, you, have, you, you invested in it. You saved up for it. And then somewhere along the line, because you're not actually living there full time, a guy named Harvey has discovered this house is empty. Cool. House is empty. So he comes in the back basement door and he moves in. And then he gets to live there long enough that pretty soon he invites his girlfriend, Sylvia, and, and, and her nephew, right? And then they have a couple dogs and cats, right? And, but they don't need to house train him because it's not their house. They don't care. And Harvey and his crew are now, like, they have the run of the house. If you were to drive by the house, they're sneaking in the back. You'd be like, that is such a lovely home. Oh, the people who own that are so blessed. But really, it has squatters in it. It's being taken over, and it's being destroyed, and it smells bad. And that's, that is perfect example of where I was at. If you had done a drive-by on my life, you'd be like, oh, there's Paula. She's a minister. She loves the Lord. You know, like if you said to me when I was at the pharmacy picking out my prescription for Vicodin, how are you, Paula? I'd be like, I'm great. How are you? I'm just picking up a prescription. I hope you stand back there in line, you know? <laughs> right? If you had looked at me, you wouldn't have seen the affliction. Squatters come in and they, they, they come in the unguarded areas of your life. And so at, while all, most of the areas of my life were guarded, the enemy got in a door that was unguarded. And it really, one of the best things I did in that, you know, trial was make myself accountable. I never hid this. I always kept bringing it out into the light and saying, you know, to the people who are close to me and letting them know what was going on with the illness and with the narcotic use. And so, but the enemy will take up uh, residence in the areas where they're left unintended. Squatters are subversive in nature. They don't normally announce their arrival and advertise their presence. The bondage is inside the house. So, The thing is, squatters have no legal rights. So a lot of times we don't want to be transparent with each other. We know that we've got demonic squatters. We know that we have demonic bondage. We know we have, maybe you're afflicted in your mind or whatever, or you have an area of your life where you know, like, there is no cleanness there. I need deliverance. I need to not be in bondage. The the first and foremost thing you do when, when you have squatters is to bring it into the light with those that love you. To say, I think I've got some bondage here. I think, I mean, this thing has a life of its own. You know, that's another way that you know, oh, you need help. It has a life of its own. It's driven by compulsion and not decision. I mean, I was talking to the ladies about all the ways that I tried to stave off using the, the pain medication and, you know, like have it at my friend's house, have it here, have it there, put it in the back of the cabinet, put excruciating pain on it and only take it if I had excruciating pain. And like you're trying to set up boundaries, but compulsion will take you past those boundaries over and over again. So maybe it's an Internet problem. I'm not going to get on the Internet. I'm not. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to try and stay away from pornography in every way possible. And yet compulsion will keep driving you. It'll find a way in. It'll go in this way, that way. That's the time when it's gotten past um, decision and it's gotten into compulsion. Those are the times where you go and you get some guys around you or some women around you and you say, I've got squatters. I need help. Okay. So there's just a couple quick lessons about destiny awareness I want to talk about. And the first is that Thanksgiving is key to walking in destiny. Okay, so listen to this um, scripture. This is so good. Psalm 50:23 says, He who sacrifices thank offerings honors me, and he prepares the way so that I may show him the salvation of God. So we know God's word is literal, right? This is not an analogy. It's not something ethereal and vague. This is pretty darn clear. He who sacrifices thank offerings honors me and prepares the way so that I may show him the salvation of God. And so when I was in the midst of this trial and in a horrible, horrible headache, I mean, I've talked a lot about addiction, but let me tell you that the headache dominated my life as well. I would drive up the hill to work. I work at my church. 
And as I would go up the hill, I would, I would offer thank offerings. I know. All of you, I mean, most of you do this. I know that. I know that you know right where I'm at. You know, where you're like, I am well and I am healed. I am strong and I am whole. You are doing a work in me. You will not deny me my healing, Lord. I come to you and I believe and I receive all you have for me. And this is not my new life. Lord, you have a good life for me. I receive your healing, God. I receive your healing, God. And I would do that up the hill and do that up the hill. And every time I would do that up the hill and I would give out thank offerings. And I have to tell you, for the longest time, nothing changed. It hurt my own ears to sing. Because they were sensitive and sound hurt them. And a lot of times I'd cry and a lot of times it'd be dry. But I would offer thank offerings. And it says, he who sacrifices thank offerings prepares the way that I may show him the salvation of God. It might not happen that minute. You're preparing the way as if I were rolling out a red carpet for the Holy Spirit. You are giving him something to ride back in on and show you salvation. It's why Thanksgiving has to do with intercession. Right? You, you roll out the red carpet. He comes forth with answer, with glory, with joy, with presence, with power, with healing. He loves to heal his people. We need to get, take our shoulders back when it comes to chronic illness. And we need to take that on and say no more. No more. Last night we had the lady say no, no, no to chronic illness. That we get one little one little thing that's better, one little thing that changes, and you grab onto that, and you take it. You ride that all the way. Or you get a little bit of freedom in your mind from some bondage you're, you're suffering with, and you ride that. You take that to your healed. Don't be so easy to say, oh, today I'm not feeling out of bondage. I must have, I must have not been healed. Man, you, it's yours. You grab on. You grab on. It's Psalm 50:23. You know, cool, too, that when it says, I will show him the salvation of God, that salvation is liberty. It's deliverance. It's prosperity. Safety. Open wide and free. Pretty much covers anything you might need in that scripture. Sacrifice thank offerings. Sometimes it's dry. But a lot of times it's not. You know what else it is? Thank offerings? It's fingernails on the chalkboard to Satan. It's fingernails. You think I'm afflicted and I just want the enemy to leave me alone. Begin to praise. He'll, he'll, he'll go on out of there. <laughs> okay. And then the, the um, second lesson, and this is my last one. We're just going to hang in a little bit longer. The second lesson is that resistance builds muscle. So while I was in the middle of that, I could be like, God, why am I going through this? Now, I do not believe God was sitting in heaven and said, I'm going to give Paul a thousand day headache. No way. Not I'm his baby. I'm the apple of his eye. But he has allowed things in my life and he's allowed things in your life. Right. And so I don't know. I mean, I could I could bore you with details on what brought it on, but it was actually a physical um, reaction to chemicals and like an, an allergic type reaction. So life happens, but but he knew that going through it would build muscle in me. I mean, how do you build muscle in a gym? It's resistance, right? It's actually taking the five pound. <laughs> that's what I. That's seriously what I use. Oh, yeah, that's how you get arms like this. You know, taking those right, and you build resistance. Have, you know the, the, the really big guys at the gym who work out, and they're like, oh! I always think, oh, please, do that at home. <laughs> you are so showing off. It's because it's hard. It's because it's working up a sweat. You know what's funny is I will only lift five pounds because I don't want it to be hard. I don't want it to hurt. I don't want to work up a sweat. I just don't want saggy arms. That's the only thing I want. I don't care about the other. Right? And so it's hard as you, as you, as you start pressing through these things. You know what you become? You become spiritually strong. You become, you become a warrior. You know what God is saying to the body of Christ? He's saying this is a season of conquest. Yeah. It's a season of conquest. 
Well, you don't want to be the one that we have to pick up and carry. Now, we will. If you're the one we have to pick up and carry, we're not leaving you behind. And I have been carried. It's awesome. It's so wonderful. And that's great, too, to be carried and taken along. We're not leaving you behind. But don't you want to be in the front running? Don't you want to experience conquest? You don't want to be left with the provisions, right? You want to be out there fighting with the sword and slinging a stone and all that good stuff. It's a season of conquest. You know who gets to go and do the conquest are those who have been through the hardest stuff because they're strong and they're gritty. They're scarred. They're scary. Right? I am scary. Okay, without that spiritual muscle, this is what it looks like. You begin whatever filled with passion, creativity, inspiration. You're excited, right? Only to buckle when the enemy pushes back on your dream. And then you say, oh, you know, I just, I'm not feeling peace about this project right now. I think I'll try and do that later. But God called you. The people who love you are like, yes, run, run, run. Yes, it's God. We want you to do it. But all of a sudden you start taking steps back. But that's okay. If that's happened to you, that's not the end of the world. You're going to get another chance to go forward again. It's not like that was your final chance. And in fact, the Lord probably has used it in your life to say, I just need to build more strength in you. Because honestly, it's wisdom if you don't have the spiritual strength to go ahead and take a step back and just say, I'm, I'm not ready for this. I need more in God. But most of us, we're ready to go forward. So when the enemy pushes back on the thing you're going into, you push back. You push back. No, I am going in. You know, you know um, writing this little 85-page nothing of a book, it has a few typos in it. I mean... Let me tell you, I battled hell to get in my office to write it. At the point I started writing it, I was for the most part healed. I was for the most part whole. And I felt like I was elbowing the little demons in the teeth as I walked to my office. Everything came against me to write it. Every, I do, it's like, well, did you have a headache? Uh, yeah, yeah, just, just only every day I went to write and then it would lift. I'd go in and I'd be like, no, 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 it's gone. It's healed. Healing's mine. That is not my headache. I'm not afraid of it. It is not mine. And it would lift right off. And I would begin to write. But it was the most unfun project of my life. (laughs) Why? Because I'm pushing back. Because there's warfare when you're going to go give your heart. There's warfare when you're going to go into your profession and do what God called you to do. There's warfare when you're gonna when you're gonna open the, the coffee shop that's gonna give glory to him and, and have worship music and have an atmosphere of praise. There's warfare when you when you take any new ground. The fact that there's warfare is not the indication that you should back off and sit down. The fact there's warfare is an indication you're on the right track. Right? So if I had been like, Oh, this is hard Writing is giving me a headache. No way. I am never, ever, ever going to allow another headache in my life. I mean, even like, even when I should have a headache and something like something happens or I don't know, PMS or whatever. And I'm like, get a And I'm like, no, 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 no. There will be none of that. Never again. It is not mine. I have been healed. Okay. The other thing that happens when you go forward, you know, when the enemy pushes back is, um, with sin or temptation to sin. And again, that's why God is building muscle. That's why he's building, building, building. So that you're going through the hard things. You're seeking him out. You're worshiping. You're thanking him. He's building muscle in you. You're enduring every day. You're long-suffering every day. You're singing on the way to work even though you want to cry. You're going to work even though you're not well enough to. Right? You're persevering. You're denying this thing's right. And, and God is building in you and building in you. Then you go to push into your dream. And one of the temptations that will come is with sin or temptation to sin. And again, you do not be scared by this. The enemy's just trying to say, you're not qualified, a sinner. Right? But you don't have to buy into it. You just say, being tempted to sin is not sin, and I am going forward. Or if you do, you, you go to push into your dream, and then you find that you have sinned, you fall, and you, God, you, you, get, you just got involved with something you left years ago, and you think, what the heck happened? That's just a pushback. Repent, 
Apologize if you need to. Tell someone if it's one of those accountability things. And just keep running. Just, it's, it's conquest. This isn't the season to, to sit in a, in a puddle and not be good enough. We need you to be good enough. You are good enough in him. All right? Going forward in your destiny will always pique the interest of the enemy's camp. Okay, I heard a quote. I'm down to the last five minutes, promise, by Martin Flack. And he's a Christian life coach that I, I got to go to a seminar of his. And his quote was, your greatest ministry effectiveness will come out of the areas God most deeply has shaped you. Your greatest ministry effectiveness will come out of the areas God has most deeply shaped you. Right? So, and you know what that is, of course. That is um, like David and Goliath. You know, it's, it's uh, the places of weakness and, and attack will actually give us entrance into our destiny. It's not like, oh, there's this place of weakness and attack. There's a place of affliction. And I just need to, like, cover that door with bricks, you know, like they do in old movies. There's not a door there that we've covered it with bricks. You can't get through there. No, no, no. That place of affliction, that place where the enemy got in, trust me, it's a place of destiny. You might not see it right now, but it is. When David killed Goliath, yeah, he killed Goliath, and then he went and chopped off his head with Goliath's sword, right? (laughs) Right? So the place where God has been allowed to shape you, the place of attack, the place of affliction, you know, that, you you know, your marriage gets in trouble, so you write a marriage book and make the devil pay, right? Or you get into addiction and then you write a book or you write a sermon or you teach kids about it or you go to schools or whatever it is God has done in you, you make them pay, And it's not like a foolish endeavor, like, oh, devil, come get me. I mean, that, you know, we got to have, we got to be smart about these things. But it's recognizing, even though I don't feel ready, I am ready. I am ready. I'm ready to go forward in my destiny. I know it because my heart tells me so. I know it because the people I trust in my life tell me so. And so even though it's bringing an onslaught of attack, and even though I feel inferior and unable and inept, I go forward into my destiny in the very place that was weak one year ago. I have literally never had a turnaround. Usually God will work in my life. There will be a failure or whatever. And then 10 years later, you know, I get to go and tell about it. And then for a while, it was like five years later. This was a year. It is a season of conquest. And it is for you, too. It's not just me. And so I just want to end in prayer. Lord, we believe your word. Lord, we believe your word that you have conquest for us, that you have great victories for us. And um, I actually see a picture of, of you guys as, as a whole body, and I see your feet. Like, I could just see your feet, and it's, it's the whole group. And I just see, uh, see a, um, a quickening. I see God actually taking you where you could not have walked to. It's quicker. It's like an acceleration. And I actually see you as a group, and, um, and the Lord just moving you um, just to a... A, a place um, that's a bit more out front. And I, I don't really know what that means, and I don't really know your place in this community, but I feel like the Lord is just um, saying, instead of sort of uh, working your way there, which is usually how he moves and how he does things, line upon line, precept upon precept, step by step, I actually see him taking you as a group and moving you to a, a visible um, position in, in um, the community and kingdom And so, Lord, um, thank you that you have been preparing them. (laughs) Thank you that they are ready. They are not perfect, but they are ready. Thank you that you're not looking for perfect warriors. If you were, David wouldn't have qualified. Thank you, Lord, that they are ready for conquest and that you have great victories for them. We love you. We praise you for this. And, Lord, those that identified with that addiction snare to whatever it could be, God, I pray that you would help them to find someone today. I just feel like the Lord says, do not, do not leave the building without 
talking to at least one person and saying, that was me. Maybe you want to go into it. Maybe you don't want to go into what it is. But to say, that was me, and I'm laying it down today. And we are praying, and I'm speaking it out loud. I just feel like the Lord says, you will break that monkey off your back if you will verbalize that you're making the commitment. And the Lord says, don't say to me, I've tried and failed, because it's a new day. There's been a break in that wall. And the sun is coming through. The light is there. And um, so he says, don't say to me, I've tried and failed. Today is a new day. Today is your day. It is. Simply receive. We just, I bless this body. I bless them in the name of Jesus. I thank you for them. We thank you for a great Sunday. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, I don't see Shelly. Mark, will you come on up and have, I mean, I hope. Um, I said this to Paula Mentes day before she walked up here, uh, and I said it to her in the back there. There are uh, guest speakers that come through here, and then there are people that I feel uh, belong to the house. And I feel that uh, Paula belongs to our house. That's good news, Paula, but we expect to tithe. Uh, yeah. So we, we just we just want to uh, we want to um, just receive her and install her as a voice and a person and an anointing, a gift, a grace, Amen. a sister in this house. Uh, and when you honor uh ministers like this, then you get uh, what they have to offer the body, right? Honor prophet in the name of a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. So I just want to do that real quick. Um, well, first, can I see that sword thing again? How do you do that? You, I like, know. That, no, that's awesome. Yeah, you are scary. Father, just, we, we, I, I, before ahead, you I'm do, sorry, I, I want you to impart to me your hair. <laughs> if you could do that, that would be great. You don't get to choose who God sends to you, family, by the way, to be on your team and your ministry team. So, so, um, Lord, we receive Paula into this house in the name, your name, Jesus. We thank you for the gifting that you've placed in her, who she is, what she has to offer that comes to your grace. What she preached today was how to partner with the grace of God. It looks like work, but it's really God's grace. Paul said, I've labored more than all the other apostles, but not me, the grace of God within me. So we thank you for the way that Paula has earned her stripes by partnering with the grace of God. And we receive uh, the anointing. We benefit in this house from Paula's fights and struggles and victories. And we receive her as a uh, we receive her as a gift that's a part of this house. As Paul said, I pray I can come to you that I, I may impart some spiritual gift that you may be established. We feel we have received a spiritual gift through Paula so that we can be established and we receive her as a person and a friend of this house. And Jesus. And I believe the Lord says that uh, your spiritual authority resides in your authenticity. Amen. Yeah. I, okay. Okay. Um, Paula says that anyone needs that book. Don't take off yet. Okay. I think we're supposed to do something else. Okay. Um, if anyone can't afford a book, she'll just donate it to you. So you can come and get a book. I really, the Lord was speaking to me near the end. And I think what he wants you to do is pray for people who are in struggling against some... What's the word they used? Um, it starts with B. No, it's just, it, we say it's a such and such sin. It's, it's like a bondage. It's like this sin that we're tolerating in our life, whether it's an addiction or some kind of false comfort. Mm-hmm. Right. It can be anything. Like you said, TV or whatever. It's a false, com- false comfort. And that false comfort is the substitute, of course, and then we're not getting the real thing. And so we're not going forward because we've got our little pet false comfort that we're crazy about. And um, 
what I saw in my mind's eye was not Paula taking 10 minutes to pray for each person and us being here till four o'clock, but rather people saying, I have in my life a false comfort, which I am not comfortable with. I want it to be gone. And you've struggled with that. And hence, you have a faith to impart greater faith for that breakthrough. So it would be the old drive by, you know. Like, we're not going to spend a long time, but if people who want that can come by and you can just say, I'm imparting freedom, go and walk in it. I'm imparting faith to overtake it. Go and accept it. Then you're going to get a measure of what she's experienced. That's the principle of suffering through something so you can give it away. So as a ministry time, if that's what you're experiencing in your life, it's not a shame issue. She just spilt the beans for herself. Her story is worse than yours. You know, so she did it. So she did it. So you can do it. So you don't have to tell her what it is. Just just come by and have her lay hands and will lay hands for freedom and for that impartation of strength to fight it through until you're done. So let me let me administrate this real quick. Um, I agree. And I was going to go to the same place. Um, But we also have those who have children and children's workers who right now your children are probably manifesting demons and they need help. (laughs) So. For those of you who have children, for those of you who have children, um, I'm going to ask that you come through the line first and then please go get your kids. Also, I'm going to ask uh, AJ if you'll just put on some worship music so the band doesn't have to go up and lead worship because they know when to come down to get uh, some prayer because um, they just may need it. Uh, so uh, and remember next week to park up on the street and then walk down. So come just a little bit early. Dirk, am I forgetting anything else? We're good. Okay. Amen. Can we thank God for Paula in the house one more time? Thank you, Paula. Hey, Bethany, do you want to come and help in this prayer? Thank you for the whole weekend. um, Who else? Okay. Gary, do you want to come and help in this prayer? We're just going to quickly bless people in this freedom. Okay. So um, you're you're either excused or uh, come down front and let's let's come down over this way. And then come down through this way and she's going to pray a prayer. And listen, after she prays for you, if you just want to stay up here along the edge here and uh, just seek the Lord and really lay that thing down and walk out of here and destiny. Isn't it interesting that we're in Joshua and Moses's uh, battle breakthrough, you know, on the 30 for 30. And this message was given this weekend. God is doing something powerful in this house. God bless you. You either excuse, go get your kids or come down here and receive prayer. See you at a connect group this week.